God wants to do. Amen? I've been, this is week four of March Wins. It's a series about (coughs) the Holy Spirit. (coughs) Excuse me. And this is week four, and I told you last week, this is part two of last week, if that makes sense. But before we get into our scripture today, I just want to kind of uh, take a... um, trip for our memory to uh, remember some things that we've been talking about this month. And I've been saying maybe every Sunday that it is one of Satan's biggest plans uh, to keep the church in the dark when it comes to the Holy Spirit. He loves it when the bride, the church, does not understand the power that we have when the Holy Spirit has come upon us. The devil loves it if he can get the church to not care or not really understand how to utilize the weapon that God has given us called the Spirit. He loves it. He really, really loves it whenever we are afraid or scared of one of the greatest weapons that God has given us for today, the Spirit. We've talked about how the Holy Spirit is like your personal trainer. I said he's come to pump you up. He wants you fit in the Spirit. He will lead you, he will guide you, and he will often guide you into places that you really don't want to go to get you ready for places that you've only dreamed that you could go. He is stretching us. He is pushing us. He is making us into our next. We've talked about how he is our best friend. He is your BFF. He's he's got you. He knows you. We've talked about how the spirit is like a dove and not a raven because the raven will fly to and fro all day. It will land anywhere. It will make a nest Anywhere It will eat on unclean things. It will eat on flesh. But the dove, uh, the dove can go anywhere, but it will not nest just anywhere. It's picky on where, where it builds its nest and what it is eating because the spirit is compared to the dove. It's like the dove because, because just like the spirit will not dwell in a temple of sin. The spirit can go anywhere, but it will not stay just anywhere. And we are picking up where we left off last week. And if you did not get to hear that, go online. You can watch it. You can listen to it however you want to (coughs) partake of it. It's there online. But we're talking about being filled with the Spirit. God is trying to reveal information from heaven. He's trying to reveal the mysteries of the kingdom. And that's where our text is coming today. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and Acts chapter 2. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 11 says, For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except for the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, 
not in words, which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. Hmm. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Acts chapter 2 says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues, cloven tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Let's pray this morning. Lord, I thank you today for your goodness. I thank you today for your presence that you have allowed us to experience. <clears throat> Lord, I pray right now that we just lay everything down, Lord, those things that's fighting for our attention, those things that already has our attention that's happening this week, anything that may be a distraction or disturb what you are trying to do, Lord, we just lay those things down. And right now, we lock in our ear to your voice. We fix our eyes upon you. Our spirit is in tune with you today. And I pray that as this word goes forth, that it rests upon a people who are hungry, that it rests upon a people who are thirsty for more of you. And may it become like fire in our bones this morning. And the church said, Amen. Amen. <clears throat> I don't know about you, but I find it somewhat amazingly funny how people in our nation this year alone will spend millions, maybe billions of dollars on scary movies with objects moving, flying across a room, paranormal occurrences. We will sit on our couch on Saturday mornings and binge watch Teresa on Long Island Medium. We will read horoscopes. I don't even know what sign I am. We want to connect with someone that can connect with our dead auntie because we feel that she's still in this room and she's caught somewhere between the now and the passing over. People will do all of these things to be even more particular, Christians will do all of these things. And yet, we will freak out when we start talking about the Holy Spirit. <laughs> we will freak out when someone begins to teach on a gift that God gave the church, a gift of speaking in tongues. But yet, we will partake of even greater mysteries of this world. 
And now, like no time in American history, we, the church, <coughs> pastors, leaders, Christians as a whole, we've become this organization that is walking on eggshells, trying to look right, trying to do what's right, trying to be politically correct. We're trying to be relevant. And sometimes while we are trying to be relevant, we actually start forsaking our beliefs and our own convictions. And as we do our best to be relevant and approachable and understandable and accepting, we've stopped serving God and started serving people more than God. Mm. And while in this process, many have forsaken teaching on the Holy Spirit because it's one of those things that makes people... Mm, so it's just easier when you're reading about it just to turn the page. Or whenever you're reading about the outpouring, just say, and they spoke in tongues, and then we go to the next chapter. And I want to clarify today because the Holy Spirit is seriously one of the most relevant topics in the modern world because the Spirit is everywhere. The Spirit is available to anyone. If you want to speak on topics that encourage and empower your people, teach about the Holy Spirit. If you want to speak on things that can help your audience or congregation get a more clear picture about the things in their future, speak on the Holy Spirit. If you want to preach on issues for all generations, male and female, young and old, Preach on the Holy Spirit. So I warn you today, if you want to be relevant, teach on the Holy Spirit. But as soon as you stop speaking about the Holy Spirit, your relevancy declines. <clears throat> and while the Holy Spirit came to empower us, this gift that we're talking about today, the gift of speaking in tongues, was given for revelation. And we've been discussing these last few weeks. It says, the word says that uh, when we speak, not in words of man's wisdom, but the Spirit's wisdom, then the things that he has prepared for us will be revealed. And now in this generation, <coughs> the church in America, we have all of the information we could ever want. I mean, information is coming at us at all times. But this information that we've been taking in is not empowering us. But at the end of the day, it feels like a heavy weight laying on us. Have you ever been on your phone a lot and you get off and you feel like tired? You're reading like, everything's going wrong. That person's marriage has failed. This person got robbed. That person got shot. You turn on the news and everything, and you turn it off, and you just feel horrible. Anybody ever been there? And now here we are, in a, even in the church, we're getting all of this information, but it's not empowering us. And now we can Google anything. We can say the name of 
Siri and get an answer just like that. They, this generation, we can stream. We can stream great teachers and preachers in just seconds. And now we have a generation that is full of information, yet they have no revelation. And now those millions of people, don't hate me if you're watching online. <laughs> if you're sick, you can't get to church. That's why we do this. Whew, it's quiet in here. That's why we do it. We do it because I know when you're on vacation at the beach, you're thinking, gosh, I wish I could hear Pastor Chase today. And I know while your backside is in the sand, you are watching me preach. I ain't jealous. But now the millions that thought the idea of staying at home in your pajamas and watching your favorite pastor preach Probably wasn't me, but if, if you're watching somebody, we thought it was a look. You ain't watching me anymore, at least. <laughs> Our ratings just went down. Sorry, media team. We once thought it was this luxury, but now that crowd has started to find out something is missing. And the churches that in effort to reach the youth reach those in their 20s, reach these young families. This generation, the most anxious generation ever. The most medicated generation ever. We've been taught, if you want to reach this generation, listen, they're so busy. So busy. Why is unemployment so high? Somebody ain't busy. They're so busy. So what you need to do, church, is if you really want to stay connected, you got to make your services shorter. I mean, they're, I mean like, this, this is what they're teaching, you know, this hour service. you got to get them in and out. You know, they're just so hectic. If you want to reach this generation, this is what you got to do because this gener this, that, 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 you know, that's what this generation is looking for. But we've been witnessing that this same generation that we're saying, make it shorter, lessen it, water it down. Now we are witnessing this generation gathering for prayer and worship. Not just an hour, but they're praying and worshiping hours. They're singing the same chorus over and over and over. A lot of you roll your eyes if we sing it more than twice. <laughs> but now this generation that we're saying, you know, water it down, make it, now they are praying around the clock, day after day. See, this is evidence that we are in a generation that is looking for something that they cannot download. They are looking for something that they cannot purchase. 
They are tired of streaming information. They are tired of just, just all this information. And they are ready for a revelation from heaven. Lord, we don't just need more information. Lord, we need a revelation from heaven that will wake up a nation. People today are looking for experience. They are hungry for an encounter. They are wanting the Holy Spirit. They may not know that's what it is, but they're searching for something. Lord, help me preach today. Because as we sit around and we wonder, why are the youth leaving after youth group? <clears throat> why aren't they staying in the church? Whenever we started praying about a church, it was one thing that we were praying about. Lord, give us a church that the youth never want to leave. Why is it the young families, it's so hard to get young families and they, they, all these families keep leaving. Let me break it down for you. Stop your research. Stop playing around making service time shorter. Quit blaming certain genres on it. And let me give you the answer. The answer is this generation is so full of information, but they have not had actual encounters to back up the facts that they have learned. I'm going to preach this thing today. Let me say it again. We are in a generation that have not witnessed what they've been told Jesus can do and what he did do. They've heard it, but they've not seen it. And the reason they've not seen it is because of the church. <laughs> it's a church that I ain't got time for that. We got to go. We got two services. I mean, this person said, we got to do it an hour. Andy Stanley said, we got to do it an hour. So, so Andy Stanley spoke, so we're doing it. And what happened? The first thing we cut out is altar. The place of sacrifice. <laughs> and when you cut out sacrifice, you make it easy. Woo, I am preaching this thing today. Make church easy. Come in and go. Come in, go. Praise team's gonna be good. Preaching will be all right. But it's gonna be good. And now we are sitting here wondering why are they leaving? It's because they're full of information but have not had encounters to back up the facts that they have learned. See, I've heard the miracles of Jesus, but I've never encountered one. I've been taught about outpourings, but we've never witnessed one. I, and then all of a sudden, I start to doubt and walk away from the truth. Because seeing is believing in this generation. Because I've heard the word, but not encountered it. This generation of the church needs to see and feel a move of the Spirit. Yeah. <laughs> but pastor, I can't understand it. We've been preaching. 
It's like a mystery. See, in some translations, this whole spirit and kingdom is referred to as a mystery. When you see the word mystery in the New Testament, it's from the Greek word mysterion. M-U-S-T-E-R-I-O-N. Mysterion. Some theologians, when looking up this word, they will disagree that the word mysterion has been translated into mystery because they feel like that translation of the word can actually mislead the reader to believe that God is this mystery that we can never, we can never figure him out. And if I can't figure him out, why follow something that I can't figure out? But mysterion, when you look it up, this is what it means. <coughs> A sacred secret. Hmm. Something that is kept by God outside of the range of natural understanding. Unless assisted by supernatural intervention. It's like a secret. It's not so much a mystery, but it's a secret of the kingdom that can only be revealed through a supernatural intervention. In other words, God has secrets that he's willing to share, but it takes the church tapping into the Holy Spirit in order to receive what he has for us. Have you ever noticed that when God was revealing the mysterion, when God was revealing these secrets, these mysteries of the kingdom to people, it usually was not to the masses because the masses will not get it. When he's preaching, he's using parables. He's bringing people in. And there will be people today As I'm speaking about it, they're like, I don't get it. And that's okay. But whenever he was speaking, he would not share these type of talks with the masses. But it was only when those people, when he was around those people that was closest to him. See, there is something that captures the heart. There is something that captures the attention of God. And it's a seeker. Someone who is seeking. The word seek is included in 233 passages in the King James Version Bible. It can be found in verses like Jeremiah 29, 13. Seek me and find me. When you search for me with all of your heart. 1 Chronicles 16, 11 says, Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face forevermore. Matthew 7, 7 says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Psalm 34, 4 says, I sought the Lord and he heard me. I was seeking after him and he heard me, delivered me from my fears. (coughs) Seek 
He does not say, go to church and you will find me. You can go to church for all kinds of reasons. There's people that go to church just to find a mate. Why y'all so quiet? If that's you, okay. We can help you, we can help you out. We can, we can find you somebody. I'm here for you. I'm not here for you. I'm off the market. Ain't that right, baby? I will help you find somebody. That somebody ain't me. Just for clarification. He doesn't say go to church and you'll find me. You can find him there if you come seeking. But just because you're sitting here doesn't mean you're going to find him. He doesn't say the next time you're at Starbucks, pay it forward and pay for the person behind you and you will find me. I mean, that's cool. And if I'm ever behind you, you should pay forward my, my drink. Because <laughs> I can't afford Starbucks. No, he says, seek me and you will find me. Seek me. Seek means to try to discover. It means to request access to. To search out with everything that you have. God is looking for a people that will search him out with everything that they have. God is in God is looking for a people who will search for him. Why? Because you can't find the treasure without searching. You ever did treasure hunts as kids? <laughs> Somebody made the map and you're going everywhere? You ever lost your iPhone? Five seconds, you go ballistic. You are kicking kids, <laughs> turning over furniture. Where's my iPhone? I'm going to get a text. I'm going to miss something that's happening in China. What? What? And we go ballistic. And we will turn our house upside down to find a phone. But when is the last time you turned your life upside down searching for the Spirit? If you aren't seeking, you will not find it. Woo, I'm preaching today. If you aren't seeking, this is such basic information, but it is life-changing. If you aren't seeking, you will not find it. God is looking for a seeker. Because if you are his seeker, he will be your revealer. If you are his seeker, he will be your revealer. Just because you are a Christian doesn't mean that you are also a seeker. Ooh. I just said it, but 
God was not revealing his secrets of the kingdom in the masses. Because a lot of those people were not seeking him. Only the seekers could understand. But it was just those who were seeking. Get this. Jesus came for the world. Amen? He fed the 5,000. He sent the 72. (coughs) Jesus called the 12. He brought three up on the mountain. But at the end of the day, there was only one that got close enough to him to lay his head on his chest. Let me tell you this morning. I am glad to be a part of the world that he came from. Anybody? I'm glad to be a part of the 5,000 that he's fed. I'm so thankful to be part of the 72 that he has sent. But I am so glad that when everything is breaking loose in my life, I can run into the holy of holies and find him. When it feels like all hell is breaking loose, when it feels like the walls are closing in, when it feels like doors keep slamming in my face, when the rumors keep flying, when everything around me just seems like it's dark, I'm so glad that I can get behind the veil, that I can get in his presence. It's for the seeker. But how do I get there? How do I become one that can understand God's secrets? Let me tell you. The gift of speaking in tongues is one of the greatest ways that the Holy Spirit is revealing secrets of the kingdom to mankind today. I know where I'm at. I know I'm going to have people that here I'm preaching about speaking in tongues. Pastors, going to be watching what I'm saying. I'm not backing down. Because I've tasted and seen. I want to talk about two different kinds of speaking in tongues this morning. And one is called a diver's tongue. And the other is an unknown tongue. It's so important to understand the difference of these because a diver's tongue in Acts 2, it says that those people were in the upper room. And why were they in the upper room? Seeking. They were praying. It was not just a casual occurrence. It was not just, oh, they happened to be in town and they were having a look at it. No, they were seeking. They were praying. And when they were seeking him, all of a sudden, the spirit came to earth in a way that it never had. (coughs) Now, we know that from the very beginning of time, the spirit was present on earth. We see in the Old Testament, in Genesis, the wind was blowing over the waters. The spirit was moving over the waters. We know from the very beginning, all throughout Scripture, we see glimpses of the Spirit. But this was different. There had never been an outpouring like Acts chapter 2. 
and those seekers that were upstairs, men and women, began to speak in tongues. And as they are speaking in this tongue, there were people outside of the room. How many of you know that when the Spirit gets moving, there's always somebody outside of the room trying to figure out what's going on? And all of a sudden, they hear their native language being spoken by people that were not of their land. Interesting. That moment became so special because this example of diverse tongues, the speakers did not know what they were saying, but the Holy Spirit used these willing vessels. He used these seekers that were after him, close to him, to speak to the multitudes in their native language. There were unbelievers, <coughs> unbelievers that were intercepting these words. The scripture says that tongues is for the unbeliever. It's a sign to them. This moment revealed to the people, God is actually real. They'd heard about Jesus dying on the cross 50 days ago. They had heard that, they, that, that there was this man named Jesus. But just like I was saying earlier, they had heard, but now they were, now they were witnessing. They had heard, now they were actually seeing it. And now they were walking away saying, I'm a believer now. Because not only have I heard it, but now I've seen it. Why was Jesus doing miracles? Because they had heard, then they needed to see it. The people, they needed to see this is the Savior. I use this example every time I speak on speaking in tongues, and I'll do it to the day I die, so just act like it's new to you. <clears throat> because I think it's so relevant. This is a real-life example. <laughs> I was in a meeting called Kufi, Christians United for Israel. And it was being held at a church in Carrollton, Georgia, where I was on staff. There were 500 or so people there. People had driven from Atlanta all around Birmingham to be in this meeting. It was a special time. And a man drove in because he had heard about it, and he was not strong in his faith, Christian faith. He was not filled with the Spirit. And this man was a native Arabic speaker, okay? Not filled with the Spirit, really not strong in the faith. And he's standing up front with the leaders. And all of a sudden, this woman begins to speak in tongues like a message given out, okay? Now, you read the Word. And you will find some guidelines to speaking in tongues. And when there's an occurrence where someone begins to speak out, there should be an interpretation. So here, this lady, this is not just any lady. 
This lady went to the church. She was country bumpkin. I'm pretty sure she said y'all somewhere in that. I think I heard it. I mean, and it wasn't abnormal for her to do this. So if you've ever went to church with those people who do it all the time, you're like, here she goes again. Country, y'all. I mean, she farms. I mean, she hunts. She can skin a buck and run a trout line. That country girl can survive. Some of y'all don't like country music. It's okay. <laughs> country, bumpkin. Here she is. She begins to speak out in tongues. And the man, this native Arabic speaker, is standing next to a leader. <laughs> and he looks at the leader. And as she is speaking, he is telling every word that she is speaking. And he looks at him after the fact and says, it was perfect Arabic. Subject, verb, agreement, everything. This woman probably can't spell Arabic. <laughs> Just being honest, I love her. <laughs> if you're watching today. Country. And I'm standing there, and I'm witnessing all of this. Then somebody gives an interpretation. And the leader said it was the exact words that the Arabic man said to him. If that don't make you get little goosebumps, your wood's wet. I mean, here it is, real life. This is happening. This woman does not have a degree. She was just a seeker. Lived in a little country house, just a seeker. And God used her in that moment. The man, now he has said it. Now he's listening to somebody else say, this is, thus saith the Lord. And he's over here about to pass out. Not of the spirit, just like, what's going on? And he looked at that man and said, you don't understand. The word that she just spoke was a, an exact, uh, it, it, was, it was an exact situation that I'm in my life right now. And he walked out of that place and said, I'm a believer now. It was a diver's tongue. It's for the unbeliever. How crazy. Then there's the unknown tongue. It, this unknown tongue is not meant to be understood by another human being. Praise the Lord. <laughs> when speaking an unknown tongue, you are not speaking through God for others, but you are talking to God for yourself. This is where we hear people talk about prayer language. Why is this? Because God is giving those who follow him closely. God has given the seeker 
something, the ability to communicate what is intimate and untappable by anyone or any enemy. Four functions. Four reasons. Functions of praying in tongues. Get these down. One, tongues can be edifying. Jude 1.20 says, Build yourself up in your most holy faith and pray in the Spirit. <clears throat> now some can read this and say, Pray in the Spirit. And they interpret it as spirited. Pray spirited. Woohoo. Pray louder. Pray with energy. No, that's not what it means. 1 Corinthians uh, 14, Paul says, to pray in the Spirit and pray with understanding. Praying in the Spirit means praying in tongues. When you pray in tongues, it edifies you. It builds you up. <clears throat> Do you want to know why there are so many people in the kingdom, in the church, that has to be held up all the time? I'm not talking about a season. I'm talking about they are relying on their pastor. Every Sunday, you better get up and you better have a word on fire. It's because they have not found the mysterion. They have not, they have not that secret to building themselves up. They have read self-help books. They've tried looking at themselves in the mirror and repeating three statements over and over. You are special. You are pretty. You are going to make it. I don't know why I'm speaking Southern. <laughs> you are special. You are good. And you know what? Those things have worn off. They have not discovered the power of praying in tongues. Praying in tongues will edify you. Two, tongues can be glorifying. Man, help me out. <laughs> Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, I will sing in the Spirit, and I will sing with understanding. I'll sing in the Spirit, and I'll sing with understanding. I will sing in tongues, and I'll sing in my native language. What does, what does singing do? What does worship do? It glorifies the Lord. You may have seen that quote or that message from Francis Chan. And it said, a lady walks up to him at the end of service. He's standing outside like I do sometimes, and he's shaking hands. And she said, well, Pastor, I really didn't care for the worship today. It was, And he said, good, it wasn't for you. Don't ever say that to me on a Sunday morning. I'm not Francis, and I won't be that nice. It's not for you. Tongues can be glorifying to the Lord. Three, tongues can be clarifying. Romans 8.26 says, The Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what we ought to pray for, 
but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groans, with words that words cannot express. When you don't know what to pray, and you begin to pray in the Spirit, it is clarifying. His thoughts are above our thoughts in the natural. But when you begin to pray in the Spirit, He brings His thoughts down to our level. And it's clarity. Tongues can be clarifying. And four, <coughs> tongues can be edifying. Tongues can be glorifying. Tongues can be clarifying. And number four, tongues can be declassifying. What does it mean to be declassified? See, it means that it was top secret. Nobody was going to know what was in that file. It was like Mysteria. We're watching in Washington as people are like, show us what's in the file. Declassify. We want to know. We want to know about COVID. Where did it start? It's locked up somewhere. So right here, they want, they want these things declassified. And, and now, when, you, when it's declassified, somebody made the decision that the information in that file, in that folder, needed to be revealed because it could change the verdict. It was so important that it could change the perception of everything that's linked to it. So they made a decision to release it. It gave everyone access to the information. Why? Because eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them. It's like mysterion until you get in the spirit. Amen? I believe in this hour, God is ready for somebody. God is ready for his church to get out of their own presence and get in his presence. God is ready for somebody to dwell in his presence. Anybody feel that this morning? He's looking for somebody to seek, to knock, and watch as he opens up doors for you. He is looking for someone to get into the secret place today. Get into the place where the mysterion is processed and revealed as revelation. God is no respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of pursuit. Whew. He's no respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of pursuit. He don't care what you look like. He just wants to know, are you pursuing me? He don't care that you went to seminary. I know crazy people that went to seminary. I know people that are on their way to hell today that graduated with me 
with pastoral degrees. It don't matter to him. He wants to know, are you seeking after me? He don't care if you're some country bumpkin down in Georgia. Somebody else should shout. Woohoo! Use me, Lord. He don't care. Are you seeking him? He don't care about your last name. He don't care about your degrees. He doesn't care about how much money you have in your account. Are you seeking him today? Because he's looking, he said, I can't do everything that I want to do until I have people seeking after me. What if his return is hinging upon a church seeking after him? I wouldn't be one bit upset if I heard the trumpet right now. Some of you are like, I don't know. I got to get married in a year. I don't know. <laughs> Blow the trumpet in Zion. Come on now. What if, what if there's miracles hinging on the church seeking him? There's another building in this city that has Legacy's name on the deed already in heaven. I'm about to shout this morning. It's waiting on a church to break through and seek him. There's a generation in our city they're waiting on a church to seek him. They're not waiting on a church to make their services shorter. They're not waiting on more lights, more cameras. They're waiting on us to seek him and say, Lord, give us the revelation from heaven. God, we can't grow because we're following man's procedures. God, give us a plan from heaven and we won't stop until we see it and hear it. Souls are waiting on a church to seek him. And when it happens, this room will turn into an upper room. And people on the outside will hear, what is God doing over there? He got saved. If he got saved, anybody can get saved. They will hear, they got up out of a wheelchair. I got to go see it. Let me tell you something. Why it's so hard? I can't touch about it. Why we're fighting about how to keep young people, how to keep young families, how to do this? It's because they have no experience in the Spirit. Let me tell you something. If you've ever been in a Holy Ghost throwdown, you ain't leaving it. <laughs> If you were standing where I was standing and you're watching Country Bumpkin and this guy and you're listening, 
you would never doubt it. It's tasting and seeing. Taste. And it's good. Taste it. And it's good. It will lock you in. But there are so many people in churches this morning that are Christians but have never been in a move of the Spirit. And they will drift away. They will walk away because, because the church said, Whoa, we can't let that happen. We got an hour today. You know the first thing they cut is the altar. The place of sacrifice. And with no sacrifice, it means that it's easy. We've made church too easy for y'all. I knew I was going to get an amen. I'm going to preach today. I hope I still have some viewers online. Because I'm preaching to you too still. It's too easy. Come and go. Don't have to seek. Don't have to serve. Don't have to give. Ooh, I can feel the pushback today. We've made it too easy. But when you're seeking the Lord, you want to be right in the middle of it. I'll do whatever it takes, Lord. And now we have a generation of young people, young families. They're more attached to the baseball diamond than they are to the altar. Ooh, I'm preaching this morning. Why? They must not have had a real encounter. Because if you've seen what I've seen, and you've witnessed what I've witnessed, and you've watched some people that I know get saved and change their life, you wouldn't walk away from it. You may find another church, but you wouldn't walk away from the faith. And God is doing too much right now in the altar for me to be more attached to a basketball court or to a baseball diamond. God's doing too much. I don't know about you. I want to be a seeker in this hour. And when you seek, you will find. Whatever you seek, you will find. Are you seeking somebody that's going to say that addiction's okay? You'll find somebody. You seeking a YouTube video that, that's, going to, that's going to accommodate your beliefs? You'll find it. Whatever you seek, you will find. I want more of a spirit. I was challenged today just teaching. What are you seeking? You want to know what you're seeking? Look at your calendar. Where's Jesus? What's your most recent, what's your most Googled item? I know some of y'all been shopping like crazy. Nervous laughter. What is it? What are you searching for in this hour? God is speaking. Seek after me. And I will give you the secrets of the kingdom. I will declassify things for you.
It will no longer be Mysteria. But it will be the answer that you've been looking for. Anybody agree with me today? Anybody feeling this today? Come on, stand up on your feet with me this morning.